the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here's the deadly part. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed by each and every one of you for choosing to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And as always, we encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith delivers another message from his sermon series entitled, Rethinking Church. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. We do these things with patience, without giving up. We endure, we continue on, and instructing. Now this is important, because we live in an age where all, all, all ideas are considered equal. It can't be true. And so we don't speak as those who, well, I don't know much, but, you know, this teaching means that we are teaching as those with authority. But we do so with great patience, with endurance, because you're going to be rejected, or people are going to misunderstand you, and you're going to have to clarify and clarify again. It also talks about your attitude toward these people. Don't expect a miracle the first time you talk to them. Don't be unkind. Be patient. But teach, instruct, proclaim the truth. Challenge their thinking. There's a popular phrase today. It's called shut up and listen. Maybe you've heard it before. I saw a tweet from a church official who was talking with a radical feminist and he tweeted on his Twitter account that she told him to shut up and listen. And he found that very humbling. He was at this crazy church planting conference in Texas and so he retweeted, he retweeted her comment with joy, shut up and listen. 
And I thought, what were you thinking? In what world could you accept that kind of ideology? Shut up and listen is what the culture says. But Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do after they're saved all I've commanded. The going and making disciples is proclaiming the gospel, is telling them what's true, is instructing them, is teaching them with all patience. But this man had lost his prophetic voice. He gave it away. He should have instructed her. But he wanted to be liked. He wanted to be nice. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be ready, in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. All of these require a prophetic voice, understanding that you have been commissioned, charged before God to live for him, to speak his word, to explain his gospel, to apply his wisdom to those in the church and outside the church. It's a call to deliver the content of the master, of the king, of the commander-in-chief, of God's message without tampering with it. So we have to remember the one who commissioned us, and we have to remember the call itself. And how do we, how do we remember the call? I mean, how do we, what do we do? Well, he tells us what to do. Preach. Declare what you believe about eternity and this momentary life if you want to reclaim the prophetic voice. Reprove, explain to people that all roads don't lead to God. They need Christ because they need a savior. They're not okay. Do this if you want to retain or reclaim the prophetic voice. Rebuke, call out sin patiently with instruction, not condemningly. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying bring a hammer. But what I am saying is bring the truth and present it as such. And exhort, urge them, urge them to do what? To repent and believe the gospel. Or if it's a believer, to change the course they're on. And above all, do so with great patience and teaching. Why? Because the one who called you demands it. Because of the importance of the gravity of the call itself. And why does the church, the preacher, the Christian who evangelizes even, need to speak with a prophetic voice? That brings us to our third component, the necessity of it all. We must remember the necessity of this call, this voice. And where do we see that? We see it in our passage today in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears. He's talking about the church here, by the way. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths and wander off into fiction. God is looking for worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he's calling you and I to do so and to lead others to do so and to call others to do so. This, this is necessary because if it doesn't happen in the household of faith, it's not going to happen outside the four walls of this church. Too many churches are looking 
for headcount or approval. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And the word passions there could also be translated lusts. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into fiction. You know, with sin, it's like the second law of thermodynamics, entropy, things going from order to chaos, from suffering to seeking comfort. That's what happens in the church. We don't want too much of this challenge, but the time is coming and is here today. Sound teaching here refers to preaching God's word in and out of season, rebuking, reproving, exhorting with great patience. How might this work? Well, it's like this. We need to inoculate ourselves with a good and tested, reliable vaccine that is the gospel, that does no harm, that is not only safe but effective and transformative so that people don't feel comfortable marching to their own tune and that we're not susceptible to the proselytizing of the culture within the church. We want to help people not march off the cliff to their own destruction, but to stop before they get to the edge. And to do that, we have to know the truth, not reject it. We have to embrace the truth. We have to investigate the truth. We have to drill down deep into the word of God so that when we sweat, we sweat Bible. We have to avoid the teachers who just make us feel good to suit our own desires. Our desires are naturally bent away from God. We have to prepare generations in the church. That's why, you know, we're doing master's men today. That's why we're doing that. We're we're trying to build up a bench of leaders for future elders. That's why we do think biblically. That's why we do adorn. That's why we do the women's Bible study. We are training people to raise up people. So we do night school. We take an issue and we unpack it because a fallen world requires a prophetic voice from the church because the church is now the one crying in the wilderness to make straight the way of the Lord because he is coming to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and by his kingdom. But in the meantime, we are in the difficult days where people will not endure sound teaching. They want their ears tickled. Let me back up a little bit and go with you to 2 Timothy 3, because it sets up the context for everything that's said in 2 Timothy 4. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and I'll look at verse 7 too just for speed, it says this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here's the deadly part. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Verse 7, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. People will be very spiritual. Always learning, always seeking, but unable and unwilling to arrive 
and an understanding of the truth, a knowledge of the truth. Why? Because they want what they want. Religion is for them. The church is for them. The church is not for you or me. It's for God. We are his people. We are his sheep. He has raised us up for such a time as this to serve him, to glorify him, to bless others, to get people off of the sinking ship that is this culture and into a lifeboat that is the gospel. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Always learning and never able to arrive at the truth. That's why we like to talk today about people being spiritual. Oh, he's seeking, he's seeking truth. You must not be seeking it too hard because God says that you must first believe that he is and know that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. If you seek him, you will find him. But we have all kinds of ideas today, all kinds of universalisms and many ways to God. And No, no, it's not that. We have to challenge the culture. Politely, certainly, we know that the gospel smells. We talked about that. It's a, the aroma of death to those who are perishing. We don't need to make it more odious than it seems, but we do need to make it clear. The necessity of it all, it's necessary to fulfill the Great Commission. It's necessary to raise up children who are inoculated against the perversions of our culture. It's necessary to raise up the next generation of Christians as Timothy raised up Paul to pass the baton to, to preach the word, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myth. This is the era we're in. This is the necessity. This is why the prophetic voice is essential. This is why it's necessary. As we see the carnage, as we see children wandering off the trail, evangelized, proselytized by a destructive culture, aided and abetted sometimes by lukewarm Laodicean churches. Now, as we think about all this, sometimes it may get your blood up a little bit. I hope so. It may create in you some sense of urgency. I hope so. But what I want to also tell you is I want you to respond to what you're hearing rather than reacting to it. I don't want some knee-jerk response from you. I want a thoughtful, measured, deliberate response. Which brings us to component number four. Remember the mindset that is needed to regain the church's prophetic voice. And this is the big one here. This is huge. This is huge. This makes everything else work in the passage. Remember the mindset that you and I must maintain or cultivate as pastor and church, as Christians. And where do we find that mindset? 2 Timothy 4, 5. As for you, Timothy, as for you, Ephesus, this letter went to the church at Ephesus, as for you, Hillside, as for you, Keith, always... Always be 
sober-minded. Always be sober-minded, clear-headed. Endure, endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. What is the mindset required to fulfill this call? Consider the verbs. Basic, systematic, biblically driven thinking and living. Be sober-minded. That's the first verb, the action, be. Be what? Sober-minded speaks to hanging on to one's sanity and living sanely. It speaks to clinging to what is true with a mind informed by the gravity of the call, by the, the, the call itself, by the necessity of the call. It speaks to being anything but reactionary. Somebody once asked me, you know, you don't really, this church, it was a visitor, doesn't really preach like Church X. Church X, you know, they talk about everything from the vaccine to politics to this to that to this to that every week. And I said to them, I said, well, that's great, good for them. But our politics don't, doesn't define our theology here or a worldview. Our worldview and our theology would inform and, and, and drive our politics to the extent the way we respond to the culture. We're not going to react. We're not going to just talk about always what we're against. We're going to talk about what we're for. And this world is passing away. And so you have to be sober-minded, not reactionary. And then this other verb here, endure hardship. Difficult days. The, you know, the, what do they say? It was, it was in mythology or it was in history. I, forget, I think a Persian king killed the messenger once. He delivered a message that he didn't, that he didn't want to hear, and he killed him. Endure hardship as an evangelist, as somebody fulfilling their ministry, even to their children or to their spouse. It may not be accepted. And so you're going to endure hardship. That's the voice, that's the calling of the messenger. Expect to suffer. Be patient under suffering. What did Jesus, or what did Peter say about Jesus? You know, we were supposed to follow in his steps. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he was persecuted, he uttered no threats. But he kept on entrusting himself, kept on enduringly entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. That's what you saw in the early church. That's what's required today in modern Christianity, in our culture, in our homes, in our workplaces. Endure and bear witness. No harsh words you're living in an era, understand this, where most people don't even know what Christianity is anymore. You're living in Ephesus. You're living in Corinth. You're in a place, you're, you are an outpost in a foreign land where the true Christ is foreign to people. And then you have this do. Do what? Do the work of an evangelist. Bear witness, not just with your lips, but with your lives. 
bear witness. Be sober-minded. As for you, always, always be sober-minded. Always, not sometimes. Always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. God has raised you up for such a time as this. Always here isn't sometimes. Always isn't when it's convenient or safe. Always means always. Now I want to throw you a curveball or two. Can we look at a moment at today's passage and consider the target audience? Do you notice to whom we are to speak with a prophetic voice, mostly? To whom would Timothy preach on Lord's Day? Who would Timothy reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction? And to whom was the, targeted vo- the prophetic voice largely targeted? To the people of God. Judgment starts in the household of God. Did you ever notice the prophets were always sent to Israel? The Canaanites, they wiped them out. Nineveh would be the only exception when Jonah went to Nineveh. John the Baptist preached to the Jewish nation. Our primary target audience is to the church. We preach this to ourselves. Because if we cannot get the message right here in our hearts and be committed to it and be settled on it, and be willing to suffer. We can't do that here. We cannot do the work of an evangelist. But we preach to ourselves to fulfill our ministry so that we can speak prophetically to others. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and teaching because the time will come where even many in the church will not endure sound teaching. They will accumulate teachers to satisfy their own cravings. Look around you. Look around you. So what do you do with this? By way of application, remember the gravity of the call. This is a call from the Almighty to your life. Remember the call itself. Preach Reprove, rebuke, urge. Remember the necessity of it all. Time is running out. People are laying up teachers to deceive them and they need to hear the truth. And remember the mindset. Be sober-minded, not rash, not hot-headed. Endure hardship. The church must recover her prophetic voice. And she's lost it largely in our culture today. During our devotions, Terry and I were reading about two young missionaries going to Vanuatu a place I'm not unfamiliar with. And they were complaining about how colonial missionaries had ruined the culture there and imposed white man theology. And they were complaining to this individual. And he listened and he said, but wait a minute, weren't they cannibals before the gospel came? Cannibals? That's a culture worth destroying, isn't it? And it silenced these people. They'd lost their prophetic voice. Let us soberly seek to recover ours. Let us speak prophetically rather than pathetically. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for this word from the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to Timothy that we can bear witness to, that we can apply in our own lives. Lord, let us be convicted and convinced and bold. 
because him who has called us as faithful has redeemed us and is employing us in his kingdom work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.